Zachy Moon is back. We're talking all things about the hoop hoopage there in Morgantown. Little TBT rewind as well with Zach. He was a big proponent of the tournament, went to all the games, so kind of get his perspective as well on it. We didn't get a chance to really get into that much. And of course, we're going to talk the conference realignment, more ACC center tonight with Zach, and then Mountaineer football as well. So it's going to be a big time show. Glad to have Zach back. He, he kind of told me afterwards it had been five months, maybe close to six, since we had really sat down and, and got into it. So glad to have him back. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill style. If it's in the evening, grab that drink and come on back because we're talking all things Mountaineer hoops, little ACC-centric, and, of course, some football here on the porch. Let's go. Watching some summer league. What are you into? He's looking good tonight. Anything? Well, number one Nick pick playing? number number one versus number two. You got Cade versus Jalen Green. Jalen Green. You got to tell me where he go to school. Jalen Green went from high school to the G League, so he never went to college. <laughs> and you got him versus Cade. We know all about him. So Jalen Green was the number two pick in the draft. Is that right? Yeah. And he never went to college? Nope. He was one of the first guys to try the high school to G League approach, and it's worked out pretty good. He's a good-looking player. Hmm. Interesting. It's like, I'm like, I don't even know who Jalen Green is, man. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, Jonathan, my, uh, Jonathan Kaminga did the same thing. He went number seven to the Warriors. They were actually on the same G League team. Huh. So that's, so that's got some legs then? It's starting to. It's going to gain more and more popularity, I'm sure. But one of the reasons that guys were doing that instead of going to college is because of the money thing. But now with the NIL situation, guys right. will be like, well, shit, I can just go to college and do my make shit. Make some money and make some money. Real estate. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a good, I mean, it's a good point. It, it makes sense you want to try and go that route to grow your brand as opposed to trying to. Woo! Whoa, whoa, AJ, producer is uh, he's, he's fired up. AJ, come on, go inside, go inside, go inside. Both. I think it's a deer. Has I think it's a damn deer, Zach. But that's the uh, that's the beagle in her. She uh, oh yeah, want- get after it. She's a little feisty point guard of the basketball team that we have here for doggy daycare at the house. So, you know, she good communicator. She, she communicates. Hey, uh, we needed to, you know, pop some pressure out there, let them know what's going on. And she, she was vocal about her displeasure. So, but I mean, what well, I was going to say, dog on defense. <laughs> yeah, all day, all day. It's a, it's a four on one trap. If you got, if you got like some food, they don't, um, <laughs> but, what I was going to say was right before that is Jalen Green, number two pick in the draft. I don't even know who he is. And I consider myself a pretty astute sports fan. So that tells you you're not building a brand in that G League. NIL is perfect time for that. We're going to have later on, you know, a friend of both of ours, Bryce Slater, is going to come on. He's going to kind of, kind of be our NIL guru. He's been really studying it. Um, and I'm excited for when we get to bring him in here, probably later on in the week, Zach, and I hope he's with us for that too because that's going to be a real – interesting conversation um Bryce has really been up on it and I'm, I'm starting to learn a little more about it myself but 
man, there's still so many things about it that are just, uh, man, it's tough. It's tough to, to pin down and to really feel like you've got a good grasp on it right now. At least I feel that way. No, nah, I would, I would tend to agree. It's all, it's completely new territory for everybody. And one thing that's interesting, I'm sure it'll get discussed later this week when we all come on, but did you see about that kid, Ewers, the quarterback that's going to Ohio State? Did you hear about that situation? Oh, McEwers, yeah. We, we brought that up at the very end of the last one. I mean, CJ, um, about how he's, you know, decided to forego his senior season of high school and, and travel up to Ohio and start making money off his likeness instead of playing football one more year with his boys uh, in high school. It, it, it's a little disheartening. It is. I I don't love that aspect of it. Now, one thing that is interesting for that one. So, you know, number two prospect overall, number one quarterback in the class. One part of it that fascinates me is you hear about guys leaving to go up to school for the spring semester, go ahead and start their classes and everything. But this is one of the first times I've heard of a guy or at least somebody of this stature who is going up a full year early and he's actually going to mm-hmm. be eligible. He'll be, he'll be eligible to play this, this season. If they decide to. He'll obviously get redshirted, but right, he's right, eligible to right. play. It's, but it's wild. another it's thing wild. is the reason, like the circumstances that led to this decision, Texas is a state that decided that they're not going to allow college players to get, or exactly. they're not going to allow players in general to get NIL money. Mm-hmm at least not right away, not until they get to college. They can't profit until they get to college. So that was part of his decision, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's interesting. You know, the I, I kind of cut off there a little bit for me for a quick second, but I, I think we wrapped it around and said in Texas, they're not allowing you to make money off your likeness in high school. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go make money right now in the state of Ohio right. by right. being a part of the team. And, man – it's such an intriguing thing because it does start the clock on him being able to make money, but it takes away from that another year of development for him. But then again, is he going to develop big numbers being the guy or going to a high You can make the argument, probably develops more going and getting to that college program a year early, redshirting, learning Columbus, learning what college is about, learning the speed of college football as well. So, man, on some fronts, this decision makes a lot of sense for players that are of that caliber, quote unquote, to maybe just think about doing it, especially if they can't make money off their likeness in high school. See, that's just the fact they even just said that can't make money off their likeness in high school. Um, I, I want to slap myself across the wrist right now, but I mean, it's the reality of it right now. Correct. Yeah, no doubt. And why can't, why shouldn't they be able to, if people are willing to pay kids in high school, which granted these are, next level caliber athletes we're talking about, not just your run of the mill kid in Nitro, St. Albans, West Virginia, whatever. Somebody is gonna get, you know, a ton of notoriety even beyond their state, you know, nationwide. So why not be able to get paid for it? You know, you say slap yourself on the wrist for even mentioning it. It's the way of the it's the way of the world. You haven't officially I mean you're still an amateur, quote unquote, right? And and you haven't got Uh, that term of it now if they're going to pay college kids well, i don't understand why in high school if you if you were some stud quarterback who was you know had been there and started for two you know three years and you were getting ready to go play your senior year but you already committed to say you know student athletes oh that is brilliant sir now when we sell their likeness for video games how do we get around paying for our slaves 
student athletes then. Yeah, a little bit. You're Cole Pennington. He's going to be coming to Marshall, and you've got a pretty big brand. Why he can't make money in the state of Kentucky off his likeness? I don't know if he can or can't. But the fact that Texas is even saying that you can't is just wild to me on all fronts. And, and we're going to continue. Um, Zach, I also, you know, heard, you know, something interesting before we get off this topic. But And we're going to talk a lot more about this later later in the week as well with Bryce. But that WVU's got kind of an exclusive company that they work with, um, ran by former Mountaineers and Najee Good, Grant Wiley, and John Olinger. And I think it's a really interesting kind of tidbit for people to realize with West Virginia that we're at the forefront of this right now. And I think that's something that's very, uh, should be very, he's on the cutting edge of it. It might actually help us as opposed to maybe some people who might fight this tooth and nail. Although I don't think many coaches are because they know they can't, but it's good to know that Neil's got, you know, a good company here with, you know, a tie to the NFL and the Eagles that he's already working with and helping our student athletes out. So we're not, we're not lagging behind in this field at all. No, not one bit. Neil's Neil's always on the cutting edge, like you said. He's always trying to figure out the best ways to make sure the program is as far ahead as possible. And, you know, he's been on track with the NIL stuff. He's all over social media. He's made sure that the social media presence yeah. is huge, which is massive in today's day and age. So I and love that's, it. And that's part of football here later on. But I kind of want to talk a little bit. You know, last time we were out here, it's been a painful – amount of time we even had one recorded for March Madness and then Emmett and the boys left and it just didn't feel right to, to put it out there um but WV basketball came back in a in a sort the alumni squads in TBT I know we were both interested in that get your feelings on the tournament now kind of you know two weeks removed from it how you felt it wasn't trust a lot of people kind of bagged on it a little bit it wasn't there you were I know you were an all sessions pass guy so can you give me your honest opinion on what you felt and how you felt felt Charleston kind of supported that tournament? Well, I kind of felt the same way to a certain extent, specifically with the games that didn't involve Best Virginia and heard that. But I talked to a couple guys that I'm friends with and we're at the games with. We went to damn near all the games that we could make it to during the weekend in Charleston. But talked to them, and they had gone to TBT games up in Ohio – I believe a couple of years ago, and they said that the attendance there was, you know, less than a hundred, even for the local teams. Like it wasn't as packed as you would expect. And like for the teams that weren't local, you know, 20, 30 people maybe. So at least we have a little more than that. So it's not unusual to see that kind of turnout. So given that information, I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. The turnout for the West Virginia related teams I thought were really good. It was a really fun hype environment. I wish like crazy it could have been heard that versus best Virginia in the, in the finals, technically the semifinals, I guess, of the region. Right. right. Uh, that would yeah. have been insane. Yeah. Would have been a tough ticket. Would have been a tough ticket. Zach, I, I'll be honest. I was one of those. Um, I went to the games that the heard that lost in the semi, the Mountaineer win versus the D2 team. And then the, in the, uh, the game where they, they went down to team 23. And I feel like the atmospheres were pretty good when the home teams were in the building. So to hear that it's, you know, even less sparsely and pretty, um, you know, <laughs> very uh, sparsely attended in some other locations, I think has to make you feel good. And it kind of felt like a lot of people were kind of saying, well, we wish this was in Morgantown. I wish this was in Morgantown. 
And maybe that's how the players, maybe how they view that. Maybe they'd love to be in Morgantown. That's where they actually, you know, made their mark was that in WVU in Morgantown, not in Charleston. So I could see that being a possibility. And I think you should- in Wichita was, was insane. I think that was tough for our, our guys to see that and see that Charleston maybe wasn't to that quite to that level, although it was good and definitely more populated and, and attended than some of those crowds you saw in Ohio and whatnot. It's tough, and, and, I'm, and I'm not exactly sure that even it being in Morgantown, with it being the middle of July, people are on vacations. It's just it's not the, it's not your typical time of the year for people to be thinking about basketball. I'm not sure it would have been that much better attended in Morgantown than it was in Charleston, to be quite honest. I'd say you're probably right. And, I mean, especially because Charleston's, you know, not smack dab in the middle, but it's between Morgantown and Huntington. So, for the fact that those two fan bases are more heavily populated in those two areas, but, you know, not exclusive to those areas, it's good to have in Charleston to get people from both sides of the state down in one place. I Personally, that's how Charleston's the right place to have it. I, honestly, Zach, I, I kind of agree with you on it, and I'll say this too about it. I think the timing of the games hurt West Virginia, or Best Virginia being at 9 o'clock during the middle of the week. That's tough for people to want to get to. Yeah. You know, heard that would have had the seven o'clock time would have been a little, you know, and there was some people who fouled out. I saw after they lost that tough one, to team 23 at the buzzer, you know, I saw a lot of people trickling out. Yep. I saw a few trickle in for the best Virginia game, but nine o'clock's a tough sell time, you know, for, for Monday and, and Wednesday evenings. Um, when people got to go to work the next day, um, thought the atmosphere was great though, for the Wednesday night, uh, you know, regional final, uh, regional semifinal in, in the building, whatnot. Um, and Best Virginia almost pulled it off. And Zach, I kind of want to go to that game real quick and kind of talk about what you kind of your thoughts were on that real quick before we kind of talk more about um, you know big picture for the Mountaineers and hoops uh, down the line. But man, what did you think of that game itself, and, and what could have maybe changed to to get them that ticket to Dayton? Well, one of the things we talked about a little bit is their lack of a true scoring guard. I think hurt them a lot, especially in the Elam ending, because if you watch some of these games, when it gets to Elam ending time, it's a mad scramble to get to the number. Like they're they're done running offense and shit. Like they're just trying to get buckets. And we didn't really have a true bucket getter on that team. I thought that Tariq played well offensively. I thought that our guy from um Fairmont Morris, played, right? Morris played yep. really well. I thought he was probably the closest thing to a true scoring guard that we had, but he didn't really get a whole lot of looks. Um, we really needed a guy like Jay Sean. Yep. If Jay Sean's playing, like that, I think that changes things a lot. I agree. That would be huge. And, you know, hopefully next year we can get him one. But I'll tell you another guy that would have made a big difference. And some fans, yourself Sags. included, may not agree. Sags would have made a huge difference, especially oh. against Team 23. Hey, but they scored this, so Zach. many points in the paint, man. Zach, that... let me tell you this real quick, though. Ugh. They scored so many points in the first half. Then we kind of figured it out in the second half. But having him at the rim would have mm. been huge. But I got to say this. Is that not typical Sags Canate? Oh, God, yeah. Kills you. I mean, he he tantalizes you. And then he just he's like Charlie Brown, man. Pulls the football back. Oof. And um, typical Sags, man. Unfortunate that he wasn't able to play. Maybe next time there won't be a contract dispute for him and he can be a part of that team. Mm. It was fun to watch, man. It was fun to relive those memories, um, kind of seeing those guys play well and KJ kind of starting to take it over in that final game for a little bit. And, 
you know, seeing Flowers make some threes is always kind of fun because you never – you didn't see that all that often there. And Jawan being a part of the coaching staff. And I thought it was pretty cool that our group of guys now came down uh, for that for that final game on that Wednesday night. Um, showed, showed a lot of kind of the family unit that West Virginia basketball is. And, and there's not many programs in the country that are that – family oriented and kind of and bleed and, and kind of and give that and, and are able to kind of utilize that mentality and bond together I think is West Virginia basketball maybe Carolina's one but I mean I don't think there's many that that exude that the word family as much as WVU does when it comes to basketball the program itself yeah especially with hugs like you said it's it's such a such a tight-knit group like they across classes across you know, teams, you've got the Final Four team, you've got Press Virginia, guys from all across those teams over the last decade plus. Yeah. They're all tight. Those guys from the past come in during the summer, work with the guys who were there at the time, and they just, those relationships just go on and on. I'll tell you one thing. You mentioned Sags having his contract situation. I'll tell you another guy who had a contract situation within a day after Sags's, and that's Nathan Adrian. And you know what he did? He, he played. fucking played. Yep. He fucking I, played. Hey. And he, That's balled out, right there. and he balled out at times there, Zach. Yeah, he did. I will say, as much as I love Nate Adrian, I think him dropping that pass on, on the fast break when we were up eight points or so, getting ready to come toward the Elam ending there, um, and they end up getting a bucket on the other end, and then they got a shot after that and cut the lead back from like eight to three when it could have maybe been up to ten. That was tough. But that damn it, really Blaine, tough. at least he played. I give it to him. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and those guys, those guys grind it. And I guarantee you, if he goes back on it, kind of wishes he could have maybe caught that and made a play on it. Oh, and, yeah. And that could have really changed things um, for that best Virginia squad, especially in that game. But, Zach, you know, we, we just talked about um, the youngsters coming down and how the family kind of that Hugs has built here over the last 15 years. Let's talk a little bit about hoops real quick, a little hoopage before we uh, before we get into what I know you want to talk about as well, which is some football Uh and it's that time of year. We, we all know it. But it's also, you know, a couple months from now, uh, you know, less than about three, we'll, we will see some basketball in the Coliseum, and, and that journey will start again. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to know that I think we're in good hands, man. But uh, what are your thoughts on kind of the whole roster and, and where we are and, and maybe where we need to go? Well, this may not be exactly where you expected me to start, but what do you think about uh, the reclassification by James Okongwu? Not not typical of a guy to reclassify by two classes. You see it all the time with one one year going up by a year, but he went up from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty one. What do you think about that one? That was a uh, very peculiar. Um, obviously, a guy they think's a project, but obviously maybe ready a little sooner than what maybe we anticipated being. Um, maybe a guy who we kind of really want to get in there for a year in red shirt and and then let him. Let him blossom. He obviously needs to get into a weight room, but mm. um, shot blocker extraordinaire. That's it's a very intriguing move, but also could it mean something for those classes coming up that Hugs is really kind of um, already already kind of locked in on some guys and wants to kind of shuffle the deck, so to speak, a little bit. I very well could be. One thing I noticed about this roster, you look at the guys who, in all likelihood, won't be here after this year. You're losing half your guys. Now that's something that people aren't really thinking about right now i'm sure but this is going to be a big year for hugs and company you gotta you gotta make a make a statement because you're you're losing some key pieces after this season 
new and old. True, but you know what, Zach? The really reality of that is, though, you're gonna have you're gonna have half the deck back, and you're gonna be able to go out and, and be aggressive in the transfer portal. Mm. Maybe coming off some successful seasons, um, that changes things too. This whole transfer portal is, is in the roster management just changed it all, and uh, that doesn't that doesn't frighten me as much as it might have in the past. I mean, obviously, you're gonna lose a Gabe, a Taz, a Sean for sure, uh, probably a Malik. Malik Curry, a uh, guy we haven't really seen yet, but we're going to see a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- then you kind of get into the who knows game. And, and I think with basketball, you must have to view it that way every year anyway now. Football, I don't think as much so. Although basketball, I, I think it's just – I think every year's a new team almost to some extent. Yeah, that's just kind of the way it is. When you have so much movement year to year, it's just like you said, it's almost like a new team. And that's certainly the case with the, this year – in a lot of in a lot of aspects, you got so many new faces, but you're also going to have guys that didn't contribute as much last year, or guys that are new even beyond the transfer. You got freshmen like Seth Wilson, Kobe Johnson, who should make or will have the opportunity to make an immediate impact, and then Cottrell, exactly a guy that didn't get to see as much time last year as he would have if he wouldn't have torn the Achilles. He'll be a major factor, possibly our starting five. Hopefully, I, our starting five. I think he will be the starting five. You know, and I'll say this too, Zach, and I and I I say this because of what Hugs said continually last year about how you know, yeah, the loss of Oscar, you know, we yeah we we weren't happy about that, but losing Cottrell, that was mm-hmm. the one that really hurt us yep. for how we were how we were playing basketball. Yep. Um, to know that that guy's back, you add in J- Jalen Bridges, you add in Taz, you add in Sean. Who knows, you know, who knows that other combination there. But I feel good about where this team's going to be. And then you think about the transfers, you know, Polly Paulcap, uh, Diamond Kerrigan. Both those guys are high-energy guys at the position Culver was playing last year. And I know we haven't got to him yet, Zach, but I wonder Mm. if he's going to be the addition by subtraction possibility there with Culver because at times we know his defense was lacking last year, and I think that's partially because he thought he couldn't give as much effort as he had because – of the, the foul situations and the depth of that position. But I think these two guys are going to elevate that level of play to kind of give us back some of that hard-nosed edge that we lacked at times last year. I'd say you're right on point, Blaine. I think Polycap and Kerrigan are the kind of guys that Huggins pinpoints, especially in transfers, guys that he knows won't – and to compare him to Culver, won't need the rock in the post. They won't be constantly looking, and they won't be a black hole, Black hole, for lack of a better term. Once they get the ball, it it's won't be, come right back it'll out. It'll come right back out. They don't have to get their looks. They're in there to play team basketball. And nothing against Culver. He was one of our top players. Of course, he's going to be looking to get his. But in this case, these guys won't be, and that'll absolutely help us from a team aspect. And like you mentioned, defensively, those are two guys who can protect the rim, get rebounds, and play their roles exactly how they're meant to be played. That's why Hugs brought them here, and that's what they're going to do. Yep, and, you know, I think the rim protection is the biggest thing there, Zach, that we talked about because we really haven't had that since Sags, you know, decided to walk out after the, he got the shot block record against Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. We've been searching for that for a long time. Um, and these two guys may give us that ability to do that. Yeah, I would think so. I, that. I, and then also bridging. He's the guy that that could take that step. Well, Bridges, can, Bridges truly impressed me 
maybe more than anybody after Oscar took off because he really got a lot of those minutes at the four and he he played phenomenally in my opinion, especially considering it was his first true year playing with the Mountaineers. He was he was phenomenal. I think he's definitely in line to get a, a big take a big leap in year two. Oh, absolutely, Zach. And and you know, I'll say this too. Saw those guys uh past Saturday down at Power Park. Um and just kind of walked watching from afar in my my seat there at the catbird seat in the press box as they were kind of going on the field and just seemed like good chemistry amongst those guys. And um, JB just seemed loose, man. He was the leader, was the one who threw the pitch first for him. I think he's taken on that kind of – and I think we've talked about this before. The good West Virginia basketball teams have that guy that understand what it, what it means to the state and kind of embodies that, the Adrians of the past. Uh, you know, I think there is something – to that with 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 this program and I think he's taking that leadership on and I know and he knows that he can be an absolute stud for this team and by the way through a perfect strike as well Zach uh Gabe Osaboyan I was a little nervous for him but you know didn't do bad Sean McNeil your boy one hopped it bounced it oh uh, hot short boy, arm. So yeah, so. the hot boy was not not a Tom guy I have boy. on the mound yeah Put a P at, put the put the P at the end of that hop boy. The hop boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hop boy on the mound. Also, he had the hat on backwards. You know, no offense, but I think if you're throwing out the first pitch on the mound, throw the Gotta hat bring back that brim one. around. I'd agree. You know, it, it can be flat if you want it to be. I, we got no problem with that. I'm, but turn it around. You know, Sean. That's just just from a baseball perspective, man. And maybe the baseball gods would have treated you well with that first pitch, but. um but, no, I saw that the chemistry looked great amongst those guys. Just kind of walked down there, talked to a buddy of mine who put the event on. Uh, and, you know, they seem to be kind of having a good time down there, and then they seem to be having a good time on the field. And I think that's, man, you see those in the videos this summer. The chemistry that they're building there seems to be great. I think they're all happy for Deuce. You know, we heard that Deuce got $2.5 million guaranteed. Mm. His agent did a hell of a job there with him. Uh, four-year deal. Um, so he's making some money. Maybe he, I think he made the right decision. I know selfishly, I think we all wished he would have come back. But congrats to Deuce. And, and this only opens the door for maybe more guys uh, of Deuce's caliber to continue to come through those doors into the Coliseum. Hey, and Deuce is starting off his NBA career right. Nine points in the first game, 14 points in the second game, plenty of highlight real plays, a nice dunk that was posted all over Nick's Twitter. I think, I think he'll be a guy that uh, – Tom Thibodeau really enjoys having in New York. He's he's a culture fit. He's a fit for Tibbs. I think that that's going to be a good pick for them long term. Yeah, and you know, you couldn't get a college to pro coach closer to Hugs and Tibbs. Um, totally. So I think he, he wins out on that for sure. And so that's – you're happy to see things seem to be going well for Deuce there. Um, and hopefully some things will turn around for Culver and he'll get a chance to go overseas and and uh, ball out there and, and do well himself, you know. Um Zach, obviously, we know that uh, the schedule in basketball, you know, is coming up coming up soon. But wanted to bring up one other quick thing with hoops before we kind of hop off here. Did you see that we got invited into the PK eighty five, the um, the Phil Knight eighty fifth birthday tournament? They're going to have a sixteen team field. I think two two tournaments of eight teams, but like North Carolina's in this, Duke, ourselves, big big names. Um, 
So not this year, um, which probably would be better for us, but next year we're going to be in one of the most elite preseason tournaments in the country. Just shows where this program is. Yeah, and that's that's extremely, you know, encouraging because, you know, this is a this is a brand. This is a this is a basketball brand for sure. Football, of course, too. But basketball is widely recognized as being a, a successful program led by Huggins. That's obviously going to help you a lot. But you know, they've had consistent success over the past twenty years. I mean, that's that's no joke. So yeah. people get a little aggravated about consistent exits in the second, third round of the NCAA tournament, but that's way more than most programs can say, especially on a consistent basis. Yeah. And it's more We're than definitely we can say, up there. more than we can say consistently before, before Beeline and Hugs, you know, made this their homes. You know, as much as people like Catlett, it wasn't happening back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach, you know, I was just kind of looking. Man, I love the pre the early preseason schedule. Uh, this year for us, man, we get pit the second game out, and mm. I mean that's that's fun, you know. Uh, in, in a good oak in a good Oakland program as well. So like, there's a couple nice games in November. You got the Shiners uh, tournament there um, down there in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, you got the possibilities like Old Miss and Marquette, St. Bonnie, Temple, Boise, Clemson. You got Elon. So I I, I really like that early early season schedule kind of test yourself but yet get a chance to build as well um for this season because i think it, it could still be a very very good team and we'll have plenty of time to keep dissecting that but i mean early thoughts zach if you had to guess right now because preseason football f- poll came out today we're going to get to that in just a minute but where do you think we would be basketball as of right now i know a lot of the too early to predict things are kind of moved us down the line a little bit but where do you think we are realistically Without seeing anything, obviously, but yeah. just based off what you know and, and what you think we can get to. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're top 25. Obviously, we're not going to be as high up as we would be if we had Deuce. Um, we didn't make quite as much noise in the transfer portal as some of these other schools. I mean, you look at what Kansas did, getting Remy Martin. You look at what Texas did, bringing in um, – bringing in – your boy Chris Beard, hey, Zach. all the crazy amount of players he got. I mean, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question though. A uh, Remy Martin, we've already got our Remy Martin. We have two of them in Taz and Sean. Like I, I, I think partially you say that, but what did this team truly need in that transfer portal? I think you got it. I you got it. You got it just with guys that maybe not everybody knows yet that weren't that Power Five programs right. that that needed a change. That's these the guys point. are are good players yeah. in a good league, maybe not a great league in Conference USA, but a pretty damn good league in Conference USA. And then the Big East and with DePaul and Polly Paul Cap, which got to love that, by the way. Oh, it's like man. I've the never sweetest loved the alliteration of all time. Like when I read that the first time, I'm like, there's no way in hell that is right. <laughs> and then you're like, whoa, that is, that is what it is. Like, so Polly Paul Cap, man, I mean, Oh, dude! Take like away, take away the too. selfish reasons of him coming to Morgantown. I wish he'd have stayed at DePaul just for the sake of the name. That that's oh, incredible. Polly Paul Cat from DePaul, like <laughs> he can't beat it. Yeah, but you I mean, can't, man. You you make a good point as far as what we needed, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that we made the moves that we needed to make to be a successful basketball team in 2021. And my whole my whole point and what I was saying is that they aren't the most sexy picks, which you, which you made you made a point to, to mention. They're not your Remy Martins. 
they're not guys of that caliber that get all the notoriety on, you know, the, the transfer message boards, transfer articles, things like that. The ones that get mentioned on ESPN, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. But for us, I think they were perfect additions and they complement what we already had. So I would say we're probably set in the twenties as far as preseason rankings and having Deuce go to the NBA will definitely hurt us. We'd probably be somewhere in the mid-teens if we still had him, maybe even higher, maybe yeah. even 10, 12. Yeah. But I, 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 think, I think we'll outperform that early on and keep rising up until uh, conference play. And, and even then, Zach, I, I don't think the – I think we'll be all right once we get to the Big 12. Yeah, I, I agree. If we tell up as usual, but we'll be all right. Right, and here's the thing, and, and I will say this. I think Malik is a perfect fit for this team. Mm-hmm. He He's the guy who can be on the ball, but yet all these guys can get him off the ball enough for him still to score. He was the main dude at ODU, a team that was that struggled offensively, and he got a lot of the attention, and yet he still put, posted numbers. The only other thing I'm concerned about with him is the turnovers. A little high, but, but again, he was the primary ball handler on a team where he was playing a ton of minutes. Yeah. So now you got a lot of help. With us. And, and, you know, a guy we're continually not thinking about or talking about is Kiki, man, Kedrian Johnson. Mm-hmm. You're two guys from when they come from Juco for hugs. We know how that typically can go. And yep. he could ball out in Juco and score. And he had his moments last year. I think he could still be a huge, huge factor on this team, which we can keep reading is going to be more pressure oriented uh, because you do have the rim protectors who can run. You've got guard, some guards. Uh, it could be, could be back to more press Virginia than we think it could even be, Zach. Now, a couple comments about some stuff you just said. I don't know if it was JB or Taz. I'm forgetting whose Instagram story this was on. And, of course, you take this with a grain of salt. It is what it is. But these guys are with each other every day. Somebody um, asked a question of one of those guys. It was either JB, Taz, one of those guys on their Instagram. They were doing an AMA. They asked who they thought was most likely to break out this season. And they said Kedrian. They were all about They were all about Kedi. And, you know, like I said, they see each other every damn day. They're playing with each other every day. So mm-hmm. they could be right. You never know. But as far as Malik Curry's concerned, I want to make a statement about something. And you may agree, you may disagree. He, in my opinion, will be the first true one, you know, true point guard that we've had starting for West Virginia in quite a few years. Because you think about Deuce, he's a combo guard. Right. I think he's more suited for off the ball, personally. That's what he'll play in the NBA. I'd agree. I'd agree with you on that, Zach, Javon, Javon was the same way. Great yep. point guards in their own right in college, for sure. But that wasn't their natural position. This is Malik Curry's natural position. And not only that, he's the first point guard that we've had, maybe in general, who could put his head down and get to the rim on a consistent basis at will. Probably since Truck Bryant, which people have their opinions on him, but he could <laughs> he could put his head down just because of his girth and go in and get a bucket or at least get fouled. So that'll yeah. be a nice thing to have. And Hugs talks about it all the time: straight line drive, straight line drive. Most of the time, it's about not being able oh, to stop stopping us. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But maybe be nice to be able to do it for once, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, Zach, I, you bring up a good point about that man and about having a true point guard. And I think I'm thinking about it uh, defensively because I'm thinking, well, Javon's perfectly suited for that but the offensive side of the ball I think you bring up a point about being able to get at the rim straight line drive and we really haven't had that in a very very long time like you said probably since trucks and someone could really go at the rim and do that and so very interesting 
Um, now that you have that true true guy who can do that, it would have been nice to have him a year ago to let Deuce play off the Amen ball to that. a little bit more. Um, you know, but in the end, man, I love the way I love the way um, the moves that were made, and I think this team's gonna have is gonna have every expectation of of being right where we typically are, and maybe who knows if you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle. Some of these guys, maybe maybe Curry's even a little bit better than we think he is. Um, and maybe some of these guys that, you know, like a Kerrigan and a Paul Cap, and who knows about Cottrell and Bridges. You know, there's still a lot of room for growth. It's still a young team. So there's always and, – and you can't count hugs out. Um, special things could always happen. And, and we, have, we have the program to do it. Zach also looked in there, kind of talked about the, the November schedule. But man, December's actually really kind of fun. You get UConn in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a game with UAB down there, which is kind of a fun, fun one. Kent State's not a bad program. Youngstown State, Calhoun, always, you know, you'll hear a lot of those stories. And that's not a decent, a decent uh, team there in Youngstown State. Not a team you want to take for granted. And then, man, the announcement of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the fact that we're going down to Fayetteville, taking on the must bus at Bud Walton. And the Hogs. I mean, that's a hell of a matchup oh, and yeah. a big time game. That if we get it, man, that's going to be a boost to the. I mean, you get a seed line right there if you win at Arkansas um, later on. So I mean, that's that's awesome. I'm excited about that. We still don't know Big Twelve schedule yet. That's that that will come uh, probably pretty soon. Honestly, I'd say what typically we get that right around end of September, typically, I think. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that range, I'd imagine. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, too, because you know how they love to give us a lot of Saturday, Monday games, Saturday, uh, home, Monday away, or hell, back-to-back away, because you never know what they're going to give you. We have to look at that closer than any other team, for sure. Until so we go to the I, ACC, right? Yeah, I think there's a perfect – yeah, it's a perfect segue, man. Um, I was even going to say, if you've even read the things about – if we had to do what we do in basketball, and then add like potential Pac-12 games like they're talking about. Uh, man, just sign us up to be in the American and let us just dominate in basketball yep. and do what we do in football and hope for those years when you go undefeated. Because I'm telling you right now, if Cincinnati goes undefeated this year, they will be in the playoffs. Yep, for sure. Is it you different? beat Notre Dame and Indiana, you will be in the playoff. And the American is good enough. Like We could do that, be the big fish in the pond, if you don't go to the ACC, like I would rather do that than be teamed up in the Pac-12. Just I could not be honest. Yeah, and that is something I talked about with my dad. When you know we've been discussing all this conference realignment stuff, I said the same exact thing. It is not the same situation as it was when we were in the Big East during the BCS days, where it was almost damn near impossible. Which we would have done it if we don't want to talk about the whole thirteen-nine situation. We'll we'll just avoid right. it. We were right, right there. We avoid right it. There. Avoid the it. BCS days. But with the playoff going from four teams to eight, and then God knows where from there. Uh, I, I think you're, I think you're it's, wrong it's a, on 12, buddy. I think it's going to be 12, I, not I wouldn't not doubt eight. it, and I'd be fine with it. I'm all I like about 12. It. Yeah. I'm cool with it. But yep. that, that makes it to where being in a conference like the American isn't going to be detrimental as far as that kind of scenario. Getting into the playoff is not going to be impossible. So it's true. It's, it's, it's a better situation than it used to be. Obviously, we'd all – much prefer to be in the ACC. Absolutely. I would, like you said, give me the choice between being in the Pac-12 or the Pac-18 or whatever, whatever the hell it's going to be, or <laughs> right. the American, however it's shaped up with us, Cincinnati, whoever else. 
give me the American all day, every day. I agree, man. I mean, you think about it, you still have some of Texas with SMU and and Houston uh, and Houston as well. Now, you know, who knows what happens there with Houston Big Twelve? I mean, just this conference alignment is such a dicey Oof, game, man. You never know. And you know, you, you never know. And every time <laughs> you think you do, you're wrong. Yep. Um, and I mean, last time, would anybody in their right mind have said Big Big Twelve for us at the beginning of this? No, hell no. Like, and it's all about who knows who behind the tables and behind the scenes. We know, you know, yep. Neyland got us in this thing with Chuck mm-hmm. Ninus. I mean, from hearing that that legendary interview they had on Three Guys with Don Neyland, like where he essentially says, "Yeah, hey, Chuck says, hey, can can this airport support it? Can, all right, and then there you go. Like something mm-hmm. like that can happen again under the table or." But, Zach, I do want to get your opinion on this real quick before we do move on to some more football talk and realignment talk. Um, how do you feel about the ACC right now? Do you, are you, do you feel like we've got a good grasp on it, or are you still a little unsure? I kind of want to get your feelings on it. I know we've kind of talked off this a little bit about it too, but kind of, you know, give me, your, give me your opinion at the moment here. You know, as we, as we we're on August 10th here, man, as we record late night, what do you think? Well, I mean, like you just mentioned, it matters so much about who you know, what your connections are, and, you know, the point in time in which everything's going on. Because at the time, when we were going from the Big East to God knows where at that time, we landed in the Big 12 because of a lot of the connections that you mentioned with Neelan. Oliver Luck was huge at that time. You know, bringing in Dana, whatever connections he may have had in the Big 12 from his days with Oklahoma State and others. I mean, you just – you don't know what all those connections can do for you until you really need them. And I feel like us with the ACC right now, we may have even more connections to the ACC than we did with the Big 12 10 years ago. 10 Absolutely. Years ago because Absolutely. Shane Lyons, what was he? Yep. De- deputy commissioner of the ACC at one point, something yeah. of that nature. Compliance, I mean, he, he was all over the ACC. Yeah. In those, in those corporate offices, in those – in the mothership of the ACC conference, he was there – touching all the controls. He still knows the passwords if they haven't changed them in a while. Uh, yeah, exactly. Chain lines is intertwined with the ACC. Right. And you got who, who was the former uh, president here? Was it Clemens? Oh, yeah. Clemens. Uh, who's now at Clemson. I mean, that's yep. another Major. vote you have. And, and, and that's got to help, you know, especially when Clemson is the, the big the team, the school yeah. that that's the ACC right now. Exactly. Exactly. You feel like Florida State's not going to be combative on us ever. Virginia Tech, we have connections there. Yep, with Whit Babcock. And so, yep. and I think they would want that rivalry re brought yeah. back up. Now, granted, they were a little bit, you know, uh, um, less than, they didn't play nice last time with us. Um, we know Virginia's going to probably scoff at us, you know. Well, to hell with them. Well, we all know about the tire bowl. And so we'll, we'll leave that be. Um, right. You know, no, no need to, no need to bring those things back up. But, I would love to play those guys, man. You would think Pitt would be with us. You would think that we'd get some love from Boston College, Louisville. We didn't do anything to tick them off. We've been yeah. – yeah. Think about it. You, we've all seen the proposed divisions between north and south of the ACC, what teams would go where, and it just oh, matches that, up that, so perfectly. That, it's beautiful. Let me, let me tell you real quick. I have not really seen these proposed things because really I don't want to take a look at it because it doesn't really matter. It's it's a, yeah. someone's figment of someone's fucking imagination somewhere, and until it's until it's on the black and white, it doesn't matter. If you're in the conference, you're in the conference, and then we'll figure it out from there. 
You're but, absolutely right. But, but it's still fun. <laughs> but can you tell me where they had us? Though I just kind of want to know. Now you got me a little, little titillated. So we'll uh, we'll just babble on a little bit while I'm looking up the graphic because there was a okay. perfect graphic. <laughs> okay. It was basically involving. It had to be Virginia uh, Tech. Right. It involved us and Notre Dame joining the conference, which God only knows what Notre Dame's going to do. Probably nothing that anybody wants or expects. Hey, I mean, Zach. That I think we've all we all kind of are at that realization now with this is that until Notre, until Notre Dame has to join a conference, they're not going to. But the day is coming with playoff expansion where they are going to have to join a conference. It's coming. I, it's it's about to hit them right in the face, and they Blaine, better be ready for it one way or the other. And I you know what? Whoever it is, don't don't tear up the NBC contract. Just let it be. Let a game be on NBC for your league. It's only good for your league. You know. Let it go. I completely agree, and I think I've had the same conversation with my dad about it. You know, if they if they don't hop in, I know we may just think this. Who the hell are we? We don't. We only know so much about this kind of stuff. But in my opinion, even Notre Dame being Notre Dame, if they don't get in with this stuff with the realignment and the super conferences before it's too late and things are established and long term TV contracts are arranged. Even Notre Dame, the almighty and all-powerful Notre Dame, may not be able to finagle their way into one of these super conferences when everything is set. No. They'll always be able to finagle their way in. Damn you, Blaine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Big Too Ten much would money. Sal- the Big Ten would salivate to have them right now. So would the ACC. Ah. They're, they're so much of a brand. They will go somewhere in that, in that power structure because the, everyone will wait on them. I mean, that's the reality. West Virginia, as, as much of a brand as we, as WVU has kind of made themselves, right, in this program, in both basketball and football, it still needs Notre Dame to get it over the finish line, probably to get the ACC. So, it's yeah, I, I, can't, no. I can't agree with that, man. I'm sorry. I know, and you're probably right, but damn it, I at least like to think that they shouldn't be able to get away with all this bullshit. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen, dude. We don't have Rudy made after us. <laughs> No, we should make we should have a movie called Major, something like this. Hey, maybe someday. You never know, man. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a maybe a, 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 a movie named after Nico. You know. Hey, hey, one day. You never know. I mean, maybe Pat White gets one, or you know, the Legend of Owen Schmidt. One day they they make a movie. Who knows? With this NIL stuff, anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> um, so. say just a friendly reminder guys during all of your football season there's really only one place to get all your information and that's at wallys and wimpysports.com pick up the the print edition there at all of your local parmar stores throughout the valley some exxons marathon sitcos anywhere with your neighborhood parmar store you can find some wallys and wimpys got all the schedules some insight jim and the boys do a great job and we're excited to partner with wallys and wimpys so definitely make sure that you're uh, looking for those when you go there and pay your gas. Uh, get your football schedules too. So pick up your wellies and wimpies today. And now back to the porch. I've I've got I've got your ACC North and ACC South proposed divisions now. You okay, let's hear. Them? All right. So the way these were broken down, you've got Boston College, Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, your Mountaineers. 
and either Cincinnati or Notre Dame, however that were to shake out. If Notre Dame decides they're not going to be a part of it, then maybe Cincinnati or a team to be named later. That's your Man. northern division. Hold on. Hold on. That was really fast, actually. You had BC, Pitt, Syracuse. Virginia. Virginia. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Louisville. Louisville. Your Mountaineers of West Virginia. Yes. And either Cincinnati or Notre Dame, just depending, or a team to be named later that's neither of those two. Okay. I honestly absolutely love that division in football yeah. for us every single season. Um, and basketball will be fun. Basketball will be fun, too. And honestly, I love us in basketball, too. Okay, that's that's great. What's So the other one's like – Your ACC Clemson. teams as of, the, as of the current structure, you know, your Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, the Wolfpack of NC State. Oh, uh, Duke, don't turn your back on them. Duke, Wake, and Georgia Tech. Oh, I like that. That'd be a fun split, right? That is a real fun split. It's kind of the Big East hurts. North and the ACC South. Yeah, man. And oof, I really like that. That'd be awesome. It really would. It really, really would. Now that you've now that you've kind of told me it, I'm I'm I salivate over that. It'd be and, 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 I, and I told you that I didn't want to, but now you've got me looking at it and it's <laughs> got me real excited. Um, I had to bring you in. You can't. You can't be out there on an island. You got to be in here like the rest of us degenerates. Man, I wanted. I wanted a chance. I wanted a chance to step away, and not have that be a part of the conversation, Zach. But but it happened. It happened, my friend, dude. <laughs> so we kind of just we kind of just rattled off, you know, what what the AC North could be. And Zach, I want to kind of turn it into um, a little football conversation now, man, with you. Uh, big picture wise, uh, first is the team to beat in the ACC. Are you asking who the team to beat in the ACC is? Yeah, or no, do you think the team to beat is in the ACC? So I'm asking you, is it Clemson? Are they gonna re- Are they gonna be the champion this year? I would have to say so. I don't know who else is gonna challenge them, really. You think you think DJ is kind of that guy? Uh, quarterback? Jesus, man, have you seen him? He's ridiculous. He he's like he's like Jamarcus Russell who can throw. He was great in the games he got to play. Right, which I mean, you know, later in the later in the game, not as much on the line, that kind of thing. But the pedigree's there, the system is there, the coaching, everything like that, the weapons that he's got, he's going to have at his disposal. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to say that he's not going to be a stud. Yeah. I, I mean, and you'd also kind of look at it from the perspective of saying that he's a Clemson quarterback with all those weapons and Dabo's yes. been recruiting for a while. So it's not like he's walking in and has to make every play. He doesn't have to be Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't have to be Deshaun Watson, but damn it, if he is, who's going to be surprised? Not at all. I mean, in, in, I mean, he still has, you know, Justin Ross, who's a pretty good receiver coming back for him last year. I mean, mm-hmm. DJ was, he was pretty solid in the, in the opportunities that he got. I mean, the, the fact the fact that the kid, you know, comes in there and does throw for five touchdowns and no interceptions in his action, made good decisions, led him in a comeback win, lost a tough one in a night game to Notre Dame. Can't really take anything away from him there. Um, I think that makes him one of the teams to beat. You know, a team, though, Zach, I will tell you that I really like and that I think is is very, very sneaky is North Carolina. Dude, don't sleep on them. They can absolutely do it. You're absolutely right. I really like North Carolina. I think – Sam Howell for Heisman. Yeah, I I do honestly believe, like, Sam Howell could be 
could end up making a trip to New York City if they end up doing that again this year, not doing it over Zoom. Um, I've got a feeling about North Carolina this upcoming season, Zach. The way they finished last year, the way Mac Mac Brown has been building this program, man, I just have a really, really good feeling about them. They're returning 10 starters on defense in an offense that, you know, scores points and scores it in bunches. Their schedule is pretty friendly. They don't have to play Clemson in the regular season. Um, Man, they've got to go at Notre Dame, which I think is a tough game. But I think that's a revenge game for them from last year. And I'm not sure how good Notre Dame is going to be this year without Book. Jack Cohn moving in instead. Um, They'll also get that after a bye week. I just really like North Carolina to make a a big run this season. Yeah, I mean, they're losing probably the best – tandem backfield in the country and Javante Williams and Michael Carter to the NFL. But, you know, Brown's one of the best recruiters in the country. So I'm sure he's plenty loaded to replace those guys. And like we discussed, I mean, they lost Deami Brown in, at the receiver position too. But, you know, he, he's got them at a point, not like he had at Texas. That's never going to be the case in North Carolina. But he's got them in a place where he's got his recruits in there. He's going to have guys cycling in year in and year out. I would not be surprised if they're right up there with Clemson. I, I like that call from you big time. Yeah, I, I think they're a team that you, you got to look at and say they can make some serious noise because a lot of those guys that you named in, in the in the Devontae, uh, you know, in Devontae Williams and Michael Carter and, and Deami Brown, you didn't know who they were till a year mm-hmm. or two ago. And yep. so having Sam Howe to throw the football to you, that system, Mac Brown, I think playing some – for the lack, lack of a better word here, some weaker competition, I think, sometimes in the ACC at times. Mm-hmm. You can put up some points. Um, you know, Florida State's not vintage. Miami, I think Miami's going to be pretty good as well in the league. I think, you know, Dorit King will make them a factor uh, in that conference. But I think those are the three teams that you look at and say, okay, they're they're going to be good. And then the rest of them, Zach, man, I think the ACC is a, is a crapshoot. People seem to be really liking NC State. And I'm and I'm I'm kind of on the fence there. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'd like to know too. I think just the rest of that division, other than Clemson and the Atlantic, is so weak. They think somebody's got to emerge. So why not NC State? It could be anybody. Why not the Wolfpack? But why? It's like the Ron Reynolds gift. But why? <laughs> I just don't understand why? what what makes them so special. But why? <laughs> I mean, people really like Devin Leary. Um, He's the when he did start last year, he was you know eight touchdowns and two interceptions, made good decisions, and they really like Emeka Iziki, the running back who's coming mm-hmm. back. But it's not like they were explosive. I guess they do have a lot of returning starters on defense. I just I'm I'm not to that point where I'm like, man, I really like uh, the Wolfpack because that defense gave up a lot of points last year. So just because they are coming all coming back, maybe not necessarily a good thing. I mean, yeah, I mean. But you got to give it to your boy Gibby. He could uh, he could have him really out there rolling. I mean, it's and you know, in into some respect too, you've got you got to give NC State some love. I mean, they did have a pretty good season last year. Uh, I mean, they won they won their last four regular season games. They end up finishing eight and four. A tough loss to Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. So maybe there is reason to for people to like them. I'm just not as high on them as a lot of other people are, I think. They could definitely regress as well, I think. But Dave Doran always seems to win, so who knows? 
it's anybody's guess that that crapshoot of a conference is Clemson and then everybody else every year. So at this point, hey, hey, Zach, the reason I'm already between Clemson and UNC, possibly. Yeah. Well, and the reason I bring that up is because I kind of wanted to get to the ACC opponent that we have in Virginia Tech Mm. fit in the ACC this season and every other season for the most part. That's a fun. That's a fun little segue. I like that. Um, this year and most years, I would say that we would probably float in the upper half. I mean, on down years, of course, we're going to fall into the lower half, but probably the upper half of the lower half. To be honest with you, I'd agree. agree. I mean, we're never even in our down years. We're never going to be a Boston College. We're, We're never, never going to be, be as bad as Wake or Duke. Wake or Georgia Tech these days. I mean, Georgia Tech had some years in the 2000s where they were good. You know, Calvin Johnson days. They've, um, they've had to revamp that whole thing, so it's a real struggle right now. Yeah, it's a complete rebuild. We're Even in our worst years, we're never going to be there. So I would say your average year, middle of the pack. But, you know, we'd be going for, depending on what division we were in, if we're in the division that's not Clemson's, We'd be fighting for that division every year, in my opinion, for most years. I'd agree. And with a chance to go, chance to go to Charlotte. Yeah, this year I'd say in that or in that conference, we could be ten wins for sure and fighting for an ACC championship berth. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree, man. And that's kind of why I just you keep salivating thinking about getting back in there, and not saying that it's always going to happen, but I love the trajectory of the program right now to where like. Yeah, North Carolina will be tough. Miami still be a tough game, obviously. I mean, all of them are tough games, but where West Virginia is going, I think in stepping away and getting into the Big 12 from the Big East, it elevated everything to even another level than where it was when we played these teams last time. So it only puts us on another kind of threshold uh, to come back into that league in a, in a league where we were competitive before we made all these types of advancements and, and kind of uh, – innovations to our program to get us on that next level quote unquote right so that's that's one thing that i think we didn't discuss that makes us a suitable candidate for the acc far more than we were when we were going through all the realignment stuff over a decade ago our facilities and you know the city of morgantown in general all the stuff that's changed in the past 10 years it's so much more updated and you know desirable than it used to be would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, night and day. Morgantown's a change has totally changed in the last ten years, um, yeah. and and for the better. Um, yeah, absolutely. Some things, some things have went away. That's that's tough uh, to see go away. Traditions and whatnot, but that's hey, that's life, you know. So, right. man, I I I would agree. Morgantown's a, a different place than it was, and and we have connections now, and the facilities are second to none. Um, which, which, like we said, I think puts us in that trajectory to always being in that race to go to Charlotte if we get in the ACC conference, um, you know. And and there'll be years when you don't get there, but I think eventually Clemson's about to, will eventually come back to earth as well and not continue to be that Alabama status, to, you know, because it's all about getting that quarterback. And yeah, they have it again now, but who who's to say the next one is going to be as good as DJ uh, potentially is? You you can't bank on that and. Yeah. Um, it's it's but, all cyclical. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, Zach, if you get in the ACC, could Neil start rivaling, rivaling Dabo a little bit? Potentially. They have a lot of mannerisms that are the same. Um, mm-hmm. That'd be a real fun real fun rivalry to get going if you could beat them once or twice. 
um, to kind of get on that level potentially with them. And you'd have a chance to do it in that league, I think, a little more than in the in, in the Big 12 for sure. Hey, we've uh, we've already laid one ass whooping to Dabo in the past. <laughs> right, our only chance, too. <laughs> Caught him before he got the power. Oh, the power man. suit going. Yeah, and you know what else, though, dude? I think that was the birth of what they are. Uh, man, it set them in motion, that's for damn sure. Yep. I mean, it, the next year you end up winning the big game, you know, versus Ohio State in the BCS game, and it was just like, continue to keep growing growing and growing and growing um and that's that's what you gotta hope that uh that neil can kind of start building this year zach and i know we um i kind of want to talk a little mountaineer football with you real quick here and we're gonna have plenty of time to dissect this as we continue to move a little closer uh to the season but man your feelings right now i mean do you have a countdown clock are you are you are you that type or you have it exactly to the to the day minute second hour well, today's the 10th. First game's what, the 4th? It is the 4th. So we are now 24 days until game one, my friend. 24. Now, are you a guy who likes to go like and say, I wake up on the 4th, I count that day, or do you not count that one? I don't count the day. Like, when it happens, it's already there. So I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah, zero that guy. One's, you know that I mean? one's zero. Zero yeah. on game day. Okay. So I guess technically 23 days. Right, exactly. So And, and we're really – Even like, closer. Let's so go. we're really at 22 now because – there's only like 49 minutes in this one left yep. to go today. So Damn right. You're making me happy, man. Yeah. So we're really like, we're like literally we're on a Wednesday now. I mean, I don't know how we're at 21 somehow because that doesn't make any sense. Cause we're not playing on <laughs> Thursday, but what have we done? Up, our, our math, math is up. effed up. This is bad math. Um, but <laughs> we're getting closer and closer by the minute. Right. And man, you're feeling on what this team how you feel this team maybe is progressing and and maybe some certain trouble spots that you felt like you, you felt we had that maybe you don't feel we have now or you're a little more confident in after hearing some things. What's your thoughts on what we've heard so far from practices and, and everything, Zach? So one one group that we saw a lot of inconsistency out of last year, which I think, honestly, and we've had this conversation before, I don't think Daigie is the end-all, be-all at quarterback. I don't. I like right. him but he's not anything to call home about, just being honest. To this point, he's not shown anything different. However, yeah, I, I disagree with you on Daggy, and, and we know that that's, there's a disagreement there, but I'm going to keep rolling. Give me one second. I'll, yep. I'll give him a little love. Yep. I will say I like him, not to say that I think he's Will Greer necessarily, but he has not gotten the help from his surrounding, his supporting cast that he's needed to be as successful as he probably can be. Now, who are we talking about? Offensive line and receiving core primarily. Running back with Letty in particular, fantastic. But yeah, we're we're, we're pretty we're pretty solid up at running back there. Number uh, number four, toting the rock, as Gus said, the baddest man in uh, in Morgantown. Mm. Uh, we're, we're we're all right there. Yeah, no doubt. But the guys blocking for these people for Daggy for Brown. You know, Sparrow is probably going to get a lot, a lot of work in the backfield this year. You got two freshmen coming in, Johnson and Anderson. Anderson, correct? Yeah, Jalen Anderson. Anderson's the guy who needs to get into camp, though. Has not gotten he, in yet. He he is going to be there, from what I've heard from our uh, from our fellows at twenty four seven. It sounds like it was a lot of touch and go there, but it looks like Anderson is on campus. He's just waiting for some clearinghouse stuff to go through. Right. Those dreaded words, the clearinghouse man. I want to see him. Want to see him there in, on the team. Until then, let's 
let's talk about other guys. Right. So we have we have the room looking really nice, and it's looking like now, from what you, from what you hear, what you can tell, what the depth chart shaping up to be, offensive line's looking like it might be a strength, or at least more I, so one than it was last year. I think it is a strength, Zach. I, I think it is. When, I when, love well the way it's shaping up. When you think about having Indeed. having having Frazier and having Nestor and and Gementor, who you who you know have been in the wars, you know, and, and Yates and Yates as well. Uh, I mean, that's that's awesome, and that doesn't even include Milam, who we don't, you know, we hope he's there, but that's a tough position to come on campus and start. Oh yeah, and you know, you have a guy like. Parker Moore, who got more and more snaps later in the season, a guy they really seem to like. He's probably your starting right tackle, at least as of right now. But those are guys who have at least gotten a significant amount of snaps who, you know, they should be much more serviceable and hopefully solid than they were last year, and that'll just make the whole offense that much better. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you you also – um, you got to mention John Use has gotten some mm-hmm. snaps before too, for sure. Um, so and, and hopefully you get time to get Milam kind of in there and, and integrated. And you know they say he's got the the measurables and that ability, and hopefully he feels comfortable playing with a lot of guys he's played with before. That could really help because I think the ability of this team to run the football is what makes this team go in twenty twenty one. Yep, that's where Neil yeah. wants to start. Now, Zach, let me ask you this. You know, last year the famous quote was, you know, when Greg Hunter kind of asked, we run the ball, we, well, we better, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as well as we ran the ball in our in our minds, Zach, where do you think we ranked in the NCAA in rushing? Uh, how many teams are we looking at total? 120? About 138 or 138. so, 128, yeah. Okay, I would say probably in the 60, 70 range. We were 100th in rushing yardage. Holy hell. Zach. 135.5, which is an improvement big time over the year before. But I want to see that chunk up even a little higher this year, right? And they said they want to be able to run the ball when they when they know they need to run the ball late in games. Mm-hmm. I think that offensive line is going to be a huge factor, Zach. And like you said, I think it's going to be much improved this season for sure. Um, well, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. And it kind of makes sense that we were there because from our from a team perspective – our team rushing was centered around Letty Brown. Our backup running backs, you know, with with uh, Mathis being in his first year, he didn't provide as much, you know, first year guy. Not not atypical of a guy not to get a ton of yards his first hmm. season. Stinkfield, and Letty was the bell cow man, right? Stinkfield, Stinkfield wasn't a, a guy year. that was going to pick up a bunch of yards on the ground. It wasn't his forte. Obviously, he's gone now. But it was Letty. It was Letty and nobody else for the most part. And he actually was one of very few guys in the FBS who ran for over a 1,000 yards in what was a shortened season. But yep. you think about that, and you're like, okay, they had a pretty solid year rushing the ball. But in reality, like you said, from a team perspective, it wasn't one too hot. Yeah. I mean, Letty averaged 5.1 a pop, but after that, it, Not wasn't, great. it wasn't great. Not great, and, Bob. Yeah, wasn't wasn't great, and we, and we gave up some gave up a lot of sacks too. Um, so, you know, and now granted – <laughs> not great bob um <laughs> thanks for getting that madman quote oh yeah, I oh, yeah. That up. absolutely dude love some madman man old donnie draper we we need some we need jared daggy to have that donnie draper swagger and confidence that slick and back man, man i think that he can zach um especially if we get off to a good start early and we're able to run the football with letty 
the way that I think we can. And if the receivers are catching the football this year, mm-hmm. we have a lot of weapons. You know, you yep. think about it. I mean, and they're all a year older. I mean, Winston Wright's a good has has seen has had flashes of being brilliant. Bryce for a week, the the athleticism that he has He's been the talk of camp. Yeah, I mean, Sam James has some plays in the past. You know, he kind of regressed, but you think he can move forward. Sean Ryan, is he healthy? Could he do something? Obviously, you think he can, right? Mm-hmm. Esdell's made some big plays in the past. People rave about Sam Brown last year, right? And maybe Caden he, Prather. Maybe he ta- yeah, Caden Prather. Maybe he takes that next step. Sam Brown does. Caden Prather with all that natural ability. Like, there are so many potential options there. You still include O'Laughlin who came on last year and did a pretty decent job at times. Uh, wish he could have caught a few balls that he couldn't get to. Not going to blame him for him. Um, cause, but that one in Texas would have been huge. Wish he had 16 yeah. catches and two touchdowns, that's for sure. You live with. <laughs> it is one you live with, Zach. It is one you live with. But, I mean, man, I look at it and say there are weapons there. And if Daigie makes good decisions, and I think we're going to incorporate more Garrett Green this year, Zach. Hey, we waited for it all last year. You know, and it never came about, but this is a new year. Hopefully they put some uh, packages in there. And, you know, you think about last year's, you know, fall, spring, summer workouts, everything, the camp, all that, in a COVID year was totally different, abbreviated, much different than a typical year. So incoming freshmen like Garrett Green didn't get the offseason work that's necessary to really get acclimated, to really get a lot of the reps you need to play during the regular season and get significant time. Hopefully that'll change this year with a much more normal off season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, I heard Jared Parker talking about how, you know, that was kind of part of Sam Brown's problem last year is that, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get ready for college football by not being in, in a college football atmosphere. And then you got to learn that when you get there along with all the school stuff in a weird COVID year and that, that can take some development away from some of these guys. So, like you said, Green having that ability, now Brown having that ability, all these freshmen now. And I think the one thing that I've seen from Neil Brown is the guys he's bringing in, they seem to click a lot of times so far. Um, seems like he's got an idea of what he's doing. You know, I mean, you think about Mesador making plays already in year one. The, mm. the recruits that he brought in on the defensive side of the football, in particular the defensive side of the football, Zach, have been pretty spectacular. I mean, Tony Fields transfer last year. Like, not saying you're going to always strike gold to that level, but, man, he's been very good so far. So I have no reason to, to disprove and think Scotty Young's not going to be a player. And you're going to have a die back again. And, you know, like, man, Next I started thinking, Yeah, I mean, you know, I started kind of thinking a little bit more about that Maryland game. And I started becoming more confident in it. I've I wavered on a little this offseason. But now you start thinking about that secondary – and it's guys you know, Mahone, Adai, Nick Troy Fortune, Scotty Young has played and played at a good level. Kerry you know, Martin. Kerry back. Martin's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Charles Woods' kids that we that you got transferred from Illinois State who you believe he's got some playmaking ability. So, like, I started thinking, man, while Maryland is going to try and throw the ball with Tagovailoa, I think our secondary, while not having the continuity back there together, there is some continuity with some of those guys. And, the, and there's talent with the other guys. It's a good mix. I think we'll be all right in the secondary against Maryland. So I'm about to kind of feel good about, you know, maybe maybe hopefully putting that one up in the W column. Uh, granted, we'll know in about three weeks. Yeah, it won't be long. But we we get excited like that every year. We think about what it looks like on paper. Things change, injuries happen, everything like that. The biggest thing that I'm concerned about 
is the depth behind those guys we mentioned. You know, you've got Fortune, Jackie Matthews, Charles Woods should be a guy, possibly a starter opposite Fortune. But then you got you have guys that are not as proven. Daryl Porter, you know, he gets a lot of love, gets a lot of hype. He hasn't really gotten a lot of time on the field yet. Still a young guy. Andrew Wilson Lamp, another young guy, incoming yeah. freshman. He could be a good player, but you just don't know yet. You know, behind Alonzo Adai at the free safety position, you know, who do you have? Davis Mallinger, he's a freshman. You don't know what he got you have with him. And then, you know, your best your best position as far as depth is concerned is the cat safety with Mahone and Martin. So at least you have that. But the depth is my only concern there. And that's that's gonna be necessary. But hopefully with the young guys, you have some people who can come in and really contribute right away. Yeah, I think that's that's a big thing too, Zach. You bring that up. The depth is is a concern, and you're going to have to utilize it. And, and having Martin in that safety position, having three safeties that have played on that level will be big. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get through that first game at least without having the, the issues with, uh, with depth. Hopefully we can get through September without being crushed by it because um, I know – I know we're all excited for Long Island in game two, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, the game three is going to be big, too, man. And I know, Zach, um, you know, me and you have kind of circled this one, man. I mean, it's been 16 years since the Hokies have come into into Morgantown. And, uh, man, I think this is a great opportunity for the football program and Neil Brown to kind of make a statement to the nation their early September by stamping a three and zero record before you get to go and play Oklahoma, I I'm with you. I don't think I don't think the Hokies have got it in in Milan Pushkar. I think we're gonna lay it to them, and damn it, we're gonna be there to see it. Yeah, I mean, man, it's man. That, I think that's gonna be the moment people are like, man, college football, it's back. It's we're back. There's there's nothing stopping the momentum, man. You, you hope that everything's good with. You know, with COVID and and all the the Delta things that are that are floating out there, and you just you just want it to you want it to work, man. You want it to be there. We want it. We want to see some great college football, and and we know that Virginia Tech is a team that, like we said, is not great. They could come into that game one and one. You know, who knows if they struggle at middle? Uh, Fuentes is on the hottest of hot seats this year. Oh yeah, It'd be nice to make it real toasty there on that Saturday. Uh, late September what better gift than to give them that extra toasty seat for their their head ball coach on their trip back to Morgantown yeah I mean and and get that black diamond trophy back up there in the uh in the trophy case there proudly uh support that and show that to all the recruits you know saying hey we'll be in this conference again here real soon and and this is the trophy you get when you beat the Hokies here uh you put it up in this nice world-class facility that uh that the Mountaineers have now behind Milan Pushkar Stadium, man, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's what that's, that's the what about, dream. and that's kind of what they've got to get them to, and that's what you kind of have to get to, to to make this thing happen. And I think we're right there on the precipice of uh, ACC glory, Zach. I really do. Man, I hope you're right. That'd be just that'd be the perfect scenario for this whole realignment situation. I can't I can't tell you how much I want this to happen. You know. You're right there with oh, me. Absolutely. Well, Zach, man, hey, glad to have you come back and brother talk hoops. Obviously, we got into football. Uh, next time, we'll, we'll hopefully be talking some NIL with Bryce. Uh, we're bringing that up here sooner than later. 
have a, a little another uh, chat session there with CJ before we before we get back into it. But guys, thanks for having us, and uh, as always, thanks for joining us on the porch. Till next time, y'all take it easy.